Welcome everyone, Paul in the Ring Media presents Squared Circle Rewind, episode 128. We are going to be reviewing WCW Super Brawl 7. I'm your host Jesse and I will be joined shortly by Dave and Ben. In today's episode we'll be reviewing all 10 matches of Super Brawl. We'll be having a weekly body slam, a weekly beneficial facts, and we'll be giving our scores and workhorse performer and tool of the night. Enjoy! And we welcome Dave to the program. How are you doing, Dave? Hi, I'm good. How are you? Good, good. How's the week? It feels like week 83. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, <laughs> The it only does. way I measure my week by day is the podcast night. Okay, podcast was three nights ago. <laughs> doing the math in your head? That would make it a Thursday. Yes. Yes, it's a Thursday. Like I, I, I start to feel like calendars are ah! And there's Ben. How you doing, Benny Bomb? I got kicked in the thing. I guarantee it earlier. So I was uh, just icing that down a little bit. What? Remember remember Dusty the Rose Lion? He kicked him in the thing. That is right. That is right. I brought it up first. I'm surprised you guys aren't. Well, then again, it's only been 10 minutes or 10 minutes, 10 seconds. We've been on this uh, show so far. So anyways, <laughs> not a I didn't burn it. Everything's good. Jesse, remember the episode of Friends where Joey and Chandler come riding into the apartment on that weird dog statue? Yes, yes, with the sandwiches, yeah. That was Ben's entrances right now. (laughs) 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 Oh, yes. Oh, yes, Friends, what a great show. What a great show. Uh, All right, so what do we got for Body Slam this week, Dave? Nothing exciting or (laughs) Nothing. Nothing. Nothing exciting or fun. Oh, okay. um, unfortunately, former W superstar Shad Gaspard has been making the news due to unfortunate events involving him and his son. From the reports I've read to keep track on what's happening, he went missing on Sunday in the ocean uh, from Venice Beach. Him and his son were swimming north of the lifeguard area. So that's why the lifeguards were able to get to the scene fast. But unfortunately, when they got to the scene, Shad yelled to the lifeguard to save his son first. And then Shad was submerged underneath the water. As of two hours ago, they're still saying that the the search was carrying on. However, it was canceled last night due to weather, I believe they said it was. And they recommenced this morning. Unfortunately, there's no updates in regards to him missing or found. Or if he's passed, but as of right now, they cannot find him still. Well, hopefully, hopefully they do, um, and hopefully, uh, somehow by some miracle, he's found alive. Um, yeah, totally. Uh, his son was re- was found safe and was not hospitalized, so that's some good news. Yeah. Um, so I guess all we can do is you know send our positive vibes and hope. That yeah. he's known safe and we don't get the result that we all don't want. Um, yeah, exactly. On top of that, because that's still that's still going. I'm still keeping my eyes on that to see how that progresses or what the breaking news is. Uh, some wrestlers like um, Shane Helms has already put tributes up. Uh, I believe DDP as as, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Wave will start. A whole bunch of people have been leaving out tribute just because they feel that it won't have a positive outcome due to how much time is with it. Yeah. So it's kind of a scary, sad, just, you know, heartbreaking situation. Um, on top of that, though, I just found out like a half hour ago that Pro Wrestling Tees has officially announced for the first time ever in 20 years, Own Heart shirts will be available on ProWrestlingTees.com in collaboration with the Own Heart Foundation and Martha Hunt. Oh, that's cool. So I'm very excited for that. We can actually get some Own Heart merchandise. Yeah, go go buy some Own Heart merch, uh, support a good cause. Like, obviously, is it all proceeds going to the Own Heart Foundation? That's correct. There you go. Go buy a shirt, and you'll feel good because it's going to a good cause. And also, you know, you're, rep, you're repping our boy Own Heart. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and then beyond that, um, nothing – currently going on uh do you got any um do you got any thoughts on drew gulak letting his contract run out and just just leaving wwe see i, I heard so many mixed reviews from like well uh not well culture from culture cultaholic cultaholic are they called cultureholic yeah. yeah i heard from them and i heard from ringside news and i heard from sean shepherd that they all had conflicting reports first they said that he was released then they said, oh, wait, actually, we just found out that his contract expired. Yeah, but you know what? They can't They can't say that – they have to say release because that's what gets the clicks, Dave. You can't wait for the yeah, to come out. Totally come on so that's why I was like, I'll wait until another couple hours. Yeah. And then, yeah, then I heard that his, release, his uh, contract expired. And I was like, okay, was this the traditional, oh, we forgot? Or was it a I'll let it expire situation? It sounds like um, it sounds like uh, from what I've read that he wanted a raise, but uh, WWE is not granting any raises at this time because you know they just released like fifty <laughs> fucking employees. <laughs> so, you a, a raise right now? Oh my god! So that, that you know, and I guess like that's that's going on with Rey Mysterio too. He's in contract negotiations, uh, which may be why he got thrown off the roof at Money in the Bank. <laughs> Uh, uh, at Cobalt Hall or just WWE headquarters? Yeah, just WWE headquarters. But I'm sure uh, that, that doesn't matter. I, that, I'm that's sure like falling uh, two feet from uh, from your couch. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that they got the inspiration from the giant at uh, Halloween Havoc, though. I'm pretty sure. Um, but I think uh, Drew might be just frustrated with with the uh, with his usage within the company too. He's been there for quite a while. Yeah, at least three, four years, at least now. Yeah, it's been a while he's been there. Yeah. So is that all you got this week? Yep. All right. Beneficial facts time. Let's hear it, Benny Bomb. Well, just uh, to touch on that Shad there for a second. Like, I mean, I'm really hoping uh, good news comes out of this. But uh, by the way you guys were uh, saying what was going on, it doesn't look good, unfortunately. Hate to be the pessimist, but yeah. it doesn't look good. No. Um, you know, and as far as the uh, – uh, and thoughts and thoughts and prayers go out to his family too, of course. And, um, as far as the uh, Owen Hart T-shirts, I mean that that's big news as well. I mean, is there like I, I was actually trying to think back as the last time there was actually like Owen Hart merchandise that was actually for sale. Uh, it would have had to have been in '99, just before his death. Yeah, twenty years. Yeah. Well, when I went uh, when I went to a house show at the Saddle Dome, uh, like years, like I'm talking over 20 years ago, uh, with my dad there, uh, like I 
I'm pretty sure we saw like, and then there was Owen shirts or something like that. But I think that's the last time I ever saw anything of Owen Hart hmm. as a for sale piece of merchandise. So it's, it's really mind boggling when you uh, mention that, but uh, that also goes to a good cause, the Owen Hart foundation, of course. So um, get, get them all, get them all their hot, of course, and uh, get, get your nugget shirt while you can. I'm pretty sure they're going to sell quick. That's going to be the first one they sell. Yeah. So, Super Brawl 7, the brawl that was super, supposedly, took place uh, February 23rd, 1997 at the Cal Palace in San Francisco, California in front of 13,324 fans. That's all a good here crowd. See- What's that? That's a good crowd for WCW. For WCW, yes. And, uh, and there were those fans that were here to see this tagline for the event to unfold are you guys ready for this one? Oh, i am the big one will hit san fran when the big boys play get ready for the rumble what wcw always <laughs> goes one too far like it would have been fine like this is the big one that's gonna hit san fran okay cool you're referencing the earthquake we get that okay get ready to but rumble. get ready for the rumble yeah yes we understand the big one means a, a like an earthquake, which there's a rub. We get it. You don't oh, have to. Yeah, I know. It's a bunch like, of redundancy there. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it almost, uh, get ready for the rubble. We mean an earthquake. Ha, ha, ha. Or something like, like okay, guys. <laughs> so I would have liked that one better. Because <laughs> they would have just been making fun of themselves. Yeah, true enough. Uh, commentary is done by Tony Schiavone, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Dusty Rhodes, and Mike Tenay. So Super Bowl Seven did two hundred thousand pay per view buys at a wow. 0.73 buy rate with a live gate of one hundred eighty three thousand six hundred forty nine dollars with a sellout crowd. Listen, we we we've said on this podcast we're like you know uh, they keep on going back to the old guys, but goddamn Hogan Piper and it's it's their highest drawing pay per view in, in at least a year that I can remember in, in the last little while for sure. Yeah, so. No wonder they keep on going back to that well. Um, okay, the first uh, I wrote this later on in my facts, but I mean I'm going to mention this one first. In all the years of the Cal Palace, this is the first ever wrestling pay per view held at the arena, which is amazing to me. Wow. Yeah, because considering that it was opened in like the 40s. Hmm. So uh, let's do some dark match results before I get to those facts, though. Because I know you guys are dying for those. I love the dark matches. matches are dark matches. <coughs> Pardon me. You guys are going to have to bear with me too. Um, it's springtime, so which means it's allergy season. So if I sound stuffy, I apologize in advance. I like um, how you have to give the disclaimer so you don't have the Rona. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, I sound stupid. it's not well, I sound Rona. stupid enough as it is. I don't want people to think I'm even more stupid. Um, <laughs> Hugh Morris defeated Joe Gomez. Ah. Five minutes and 25 minutes. God damn, I thought Joe Gomez was going to be something in this business. No laughing. Sorry, five minutes and 25 seconds. Not 25 minutes. Jesus Christ. Joe Gomez has probably never had 25 minutes worth of matches. (laughs) Um, Not Ultimo, the Ultimate Dragon. Yes, it's written Ultimate Dragon, not to be – it's his doppelganger. (laughs) He defeated uh, Pat Tanaka in four minutes and 53 seconds. Uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage, is back in WCW. Uh, losing the flashy colors and sporting the edgy black and white. 
Color seems to be color seems to be full paw at this time. Yeah, it's more black and white. Uh, Jacqueline is now in WCW as well, which I totally forgot she was in WCW. Lining herself with Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, you got to make a paycheck somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, six. Uh, Sean Waltman was in fact trained by Boris Malenko, Dean Malenko's father, and Eddie Sharkey, as it's mentioned uh, many times in the match he has with Dean Malenko. Um, Roddy Piper locked himself in Alcatraz to prepare for, for to prepare for his match with Hulk Hogan. Uh, Piper seems to think the best course of action for a world title match was to lock himself in a prison cell in a prison that's been closed for at least 25 years at this point and deprived of food, sleep, and water. That might, wanna, might wanna think about your training methods. Yeah, yeah. That that might that might uh that might explain what, how that match went. Uh, well yes. Yes. <laughs> he walked never in, mind the food and water, but yeah, the he, sleep I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. He walked in hungry and sleep deprived. He was all kinds of fucked up. Um how can Piper have a torn up shirt in a place where he's the only one there? What was he doing? Zombies. Zombies. Yeah, that's what we're so going zombies with. and Alcatraz. Yep, that's what we're going with. Okay. Right. Um, then how do you explain him? It looks like he's jerking off when he gets on the boat. Well, when he goes over to the flagpole, he like listen, reaching to listen. his crotch. I'm like, well, what? I guess he's been in a cell for a couple. Yeah, days. exactly, exactly. You know, like when the urge takes you, you got to do it, man. I, I guess so. I guess so. Uh, top top five masturbation uh, moments next uh, next, <laughs> next uh, episode next week. Um, Is that like a personal oh, story time? Like what? Top five? Top five. <laughs> there was there is this, there, there is this one time that I was watching this really crazy show. Oh my god! <laughs> there was this one time when I was sitting in the theater watching uh, Sucker Punch. No. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> There is this one time at band camp. <laughs> um, so, recover, man, recover. switch to 411 Mania, who would rate this event not so good. Uh, KB Wrestling Reviews gave the show a score of D overall. A um, couple of little facts about the Cow Palace before we wrap up Beneficial Facts this week. The Palace hosted several wrestling events, most notable uh, by promoter Roy Shire, who ran cards from the Palace from the early 1960s to 1981. Often sold-out houses were headlined by Pat Patterson and Ray Stevens. Uh, The building itself first opened up in 1941 during World War II. The arena was used for processing soldiers heading off to the Pacific. Uh, the arena itself is located in uh, Daly City, California. The property itself is actually in two separate cities, Daly City and San Francisco. Reason being, the border between the two cities passes through the property. A section of the parking lot is actually in San Francisco. Hmm. And crickets. Okay, so back to Roy Shire uh, for one more fact. Uh, Shire ran big-time wrestling. Uh, shows in San Francisco as direct competition to Joe Malkowitz. Uh, Malkowitz, I think I'm saying that right, who ran uh, NWA San Francisco. Big Time Wrestling was considered an outlaw promotion and was labeled a promotion that did not respect the territorial boundaries set by the NWA. Well, 
There's a promoter that would completely shatter the disrespectful of boundaries theory uh, compared to this dilemma, pal. Um, seven years later, from uh, Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl, Super Brawl in 1997, Eddie Guerrero would win his first and only WWE championship in this exact building in the same month of this event as well. Hmm. These have been your fan- beneficial facts this week. All right, our first match of the evening, we got six facing Dean Malenko for the Cruiserweight title. Malenko is the champ going in, and six wins the title by pinfall at 11 minutes and 57 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? Okay, so right from the get-go, I realized this is an opener. It was immediately aggressive. Uh, Malenko is so good at psychology. The fact that he trio blows six and then drop kicks his leg to go right into the Texas Cloverleaf attempt was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always liked six's snap leg drop, just the yeah. timing, just the timing and the precision that he has with it is incredible. Um, I, I don't have much notes because I was really enjoying this match. I gave it a B. Ben, WCW is running away in the opening matches category. Honestly, it's the match I look forward to the most watching WCW nowadays. There's no exception. And then, oh, sorry, this is no exception. There's no exception, guys. <laughs> Kick you in the thing, I guarantee it. Um, the seething bad blood was great by these two. Uh, that suplex and power slam by Malenko were absolute beauties, I thought. Um, Love the crossbody from Malenko over the top rope on the six. That was well done. Um, and like Dave said, I always appreciated uh, Waltman's um, martial arts kick arsenal and that snap leg drop, as uh, Dave mentioned. Very unique. Uh, good top rope leg drop by six, I thought. Uh, these fans seem to think the numbers one, two, three sucks. Very strange. Um, that finish spot with the belt to me was well done in terms of the ref's positioning. And I gave the match a B. It was a great opener. I loved it. Uh, I gave the match a C. I thought it was was it was a solid match. Uh, I didn't like the finish all that much because I thought it kind of made Dean Malenko look like a goof a little bit. Uh, with Eddie Guerrero coming down and then him and Six playing tug of war for with the belt and then Malenko coming and trying to do something to Six and then Eddie letting go and Six whap whacking Malenko with it. It just, to me, it was like, oh, Malenko, you look like a like a doofus. So, uh, I didn't care for that all that much. But six winning the belt's kind of cool. Uh, so, that goes to our next match. We got a six-man tag. We got Conan, La Parca, and Villano, four, versus Ciclope, Supercalo, and Juventud Guerrera. Conan, La Parca, and Villano, four, win by pinfall at nine minutes and 51 seconds. Ben. Good job, Jesse, on pronouncing Pay's name correctly. I was actually Did I do wondering okay. if you were going to. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I, I wrote it down phonetically here so I could make sure I, I, I uh, said it right. So, Okay, so I appreciate the high energy, speed, and high spots. The ones that weren't botched anyways. <laughs> uh, we knew that was coming. Uh, it was entertaining. Super Callow's outside Centon scares the shit out of me every time he does it. Just because of where the guy takes the spot. Scares the crap out of me every time. 
My favorite performer in this match was actually Laparka. That outside uh, the, suicide dive he does on the Super Callow sitting on the chair, that was pretty sick. I actually really like that spot. Um, Sequel Pay needs bigger eye holes in his mask. <laughs> um, Hoobie needs bigger eye holes in his mask. Missing the 450. Like, come on, man. Come on. Um, Viano 4 wasn't all that impressive um, to me. The Road Warrior should have come out and Doomsday devised him for failing that move horribly. <laughs> um, I thought the spots involving all six guys with the leg locks, the surfboards, and the pinning attempt by Laparka was fun. I enter- I was entertained by that by that spot. But yeah, like I mentioned, lots of botches that really stuck out in a bad way, so it lost a lot of marks because of that. Uh, fortunately, unfortunately, I had to give the match a D. Dave. It's not a good sign when there is no fan reaction after a sequence of back and forth moves. Yeah. So yeah. I yeah. cannot for the life of me remember who started the match, but they did a bunch of sequences. They both stood off in a standoff and the fans were quiet. Yeah. And I was like, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good start. Very dangerous botch by Cyclo- uh, Cyclope. God. Yep. Yeah. No. No. Play. <laughs> because Cicle they gave me so Cicle. much credit, it gave me anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> You're scared. You're like, oh, no. I gotta say this properly because I want to get props. Um, and I screwed up. So Cyclope did a springboard twisting cross body to himself. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right on his head, and I'm like, oh goodness gracious, what is happening? And then thereafter. I see 450 attempt by Humantude and almost directly lands with his knee on Volano 4's face. And see, I didn't even think I didn't even think it was that close. Oh, no I think Hoobie just, I thought he missed I, it completely. I, yeah, I thought Hoobie fucking just like misaimed it like <laughs> horribly and, and just like like did it and I was like, what the fuck was that? And the best part of this is he strategically Gave uh, the person the fall away, or sorry, a world strongest slam to line him up perfectly and then goes oh. to the top and misses it. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, interesting submission spot with the star going on, yeah, yeah, like, that, okay. that's very lucha. Hey, I'm like, like, that's just a very lucha thing. It was very different, which I which I appreciated. I was concerned that they were gonna botch it badly, considering the botches that we've seen that led up to this. Um, I agree that some people need bigger eyes in their math because there was so much timing issue, so much botches. Um, furthermore, I don't understand how Conan wrestles in his attire without, <laughs> without no. people getting their, their hands and their arms stuck in his jacket or his pants or shirts. Cause they're so loose. Right. Yeah. And although I will say that given Conan's direction with his character, he's getting better at this point. He's slowing yes. down. He's more methodical. He's not like, oh my goodness, I got to put everything in, in a matter of three minutes. So I honestly think that the performers of this match for me were Super Calo and, and uh, La Parca, as well as Conan. But overall, I gave the match a D. I also gave the match a D. I'm going to just tell the finish, and then I'll go into my explanation. Kodak hit a cruci- crucifix bomb on Hoovy to win. Um, power drop. 
so many botches by Juventud and Volano 4. Uh, Volano 4 was driving me batty because he's so sloppy with his selling and, and when he's on offense. Um, I was just like, like to me, I was just like, you're going to fucking hurt somebody with the way, with the way you're going about it. But then Juventud Guerrero is like, you think that guy's bad. Watch this shit. So he, like Ben mentioned, he straight up misses the 450. I don't even know what the <laughs> fuck he was doing. Like swings and misses. Like, my God, I could, like, thank God the camera was, the angle they showed was from the mat. Because if they would have done the wide shot of him missing, holy, like, he just would have gotten, oh, it just would have been so bad. But he's so manic. So right after he misses the 450, then he does this crazy springboard hurricane rana from one rope to the other rope and hits it on super callow and or no on uh sorry uh i think it was uh villano and and does the move and i'm just like holy fuck like like he misses the 450 looks like garbage and then hits a springboard hurricane rana perfectly and then conan goes to throw him against the ropes and he doesn't even run he likes he like fucking like he like walks he like walks or jogs and I'm just like, what the fuck is with this guy? Being generous by saying jogs, by the way. Oh my god, it was just like, like straight up, he got my tool of the night for this performance. Like, I just could not believe how fucking. Bad I'm, he was. I'm with Jesse on that one with tool. Yeah, Hoovy's my tool. Holy Spoiler shit. Oh, uh, yeah. So I gave the match a D. Let's go to the next match it's for the television title. Uh, do you guys remember the last time we had a TV title on a pay per view? I don't. That involved Arn Anderson. I don't. I, I don't either. I remember like, Johnny B. Bad and Arn Anderson. That's it. So, the, the, like the beginning of 96? Yeah. It's, it's been over a year or something. Jesus Christ. So, we got Ray Masiro Jr. facing Prince Iakea. Good Prince job, is, Jesse. Whatever. Thank you. <laughs> Prince is the champ going in, and he retains the belt by pinfall at 8 minutes and 56 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? Um, going in, I was really excited. However, I felt there was a lot of stop and go. Yeah. A lot of confusion. Uh, the fans, for some reason, weren't as involved. Although, the good the- things I did see about the match, beautiful double springboard moonsault by Ray. That's sick. He's so freaking good at this point. Like he's so he's only twenty two years old, so he's so flashy and so quick. Like he could not have timed his career better. I don't think. Um, he also does the 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 slingshot to the outside ring spot that Super Calo does. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, now I can see the, the you know a very anxiety driven move twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, nice Samoan drop from the second turnbuckle. I, I felt towards the end it was getting better, but then it ended. So I had to mark, mark it based on that, and that's why I gave it a D. Is I, I wasn't entertained. I thought I was rushed. I thought I was boring. I, I didn't think that they had the best chemistry as, you know, as of the opponents that Ray's had previously. Ben? It's funny that the Cruiserweight title competitors looked like the ones that should have been in the TV title match and vice versa, just based on the size. Mm-hmm. Like, I looked at these two. I'm like, this is a television title match, really. Interesting. Um, these two didn't have a bad match together. However, Mysterio versus Regal, I found, would have been a better overall story and much more interesting match. 
Um, I, I mean, Prince Ikea is a good athlete. He worked pretty good in the match, but he seemed really hesitant, and that took away from the match with me, and I felt um, it stopped it from being a really good match. It was just kind of a myth match. Um, the ending and aftermatch stuff with the hand-raising and the I-don't-want-to-win-it-that-way stuff didn't hit a soft spot or get any compassion from me, from me at all. Um, it was a swerve that didn't work because they kind of made Prince Hayakea just win the title out of the blue and then they uh, made this match happen. But like I said, I think Regal and Mysterio would have been an overall better uh, performance. But I mean... And that's not Iakea's fault, because I mean he's he's pretty he's pretty new at this point. But I mean he's a he's a good athlete. I've always appreciated him as uh, just as a worker. Um, yeah, and I mean stop at the senton spot to the outside. Just just stop it. Just stop. You make me have a heart attack before I'm forty. Um, yeah, give the match a D. Um, I gave this match a C. I thought it was okay. I think the stops and starts, the announcers mentioned that Ray had just come back from his knee surgery like a week before. So knowing, yeah, knowing that, I think that's why I graded it a C because I was like, well, shit, he's coming off a knee injury. Like he's going to like, this is pretty good considering. Um, uh, The crowd has been dead the entire night so far. And I think they're dead for most of it, to be quite honest. I can't understand why. Uh, The finish was Regal came down. And he pulls Ray off the apron, causing him to hit his head on the apron. And then he roll, Regal rolls him back in the ring. Prince pins him. Um, and then, for some reason, after the match, Prince Ikea wanted to give the title to Ray because he didn't want to win that way. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, but he pinned Ray knowing what happened. <laughs> exactly. That's what I thought. I'm like, you saw Regal yeah. rolling him into the ring. But now you're like, yo, sorry, bro. Sorry, bro. Well, I didn't want to win that way. <laughs> oh, for like, I pin you, but here's the belt. <laughs> what a tool. Oh, my God. This is a gesture. Uh, our next match is Buff Daddy, Buff Bagwell facing Diamond Dallas Page. And DDP wins by disqualification at 9 minutes and 46 seconds. Ben, ah, what are your um, <laughs> Wasn't overly thrilled by the match. Felt like a Nitro match at best, not a pay-per-view match. Uh, DDP is definitely over at this point. Yes, he is. The crowds are loving it, loving the bang stuff and all that mumbo jumbo. I do find that Buffalo is slightly better overall as a worker, as a heel. Yes, especially as a cowardly heel. Yeah, I I was watching him going, okay, you know what? This is... This is better for him because, I mean, as the baby face, you know, you don't really believe him as a baby face. Mm-hmm. But as a heel, I'm like, you know what? He looks like he's actually natural at this. So I kind of give him props for that one. But he's not doing his, uh, remember how he do that, like that walk swing in the arms when he would mm-hmm. come out? He's not doing that yet. I can't wait till he uh, actually does that because I, I loved it when he did that. Uh, felt really long though. Felt a lot longer than it was. And, uh, yeah, not my favorite match. I actually gave it a D. Dave? Um, I really don't like how NWO B-plus players get different music. Yeah, I, <laughs> I honestly did not know that they did that. Now, <laughs> the one thing that 
that I don't know is that on the network, if they were using, like if WCW was using different uh, music at the time and WWE doesn't have the rights to it, they'll change it. Yep. So I actually don't, I actually don't know if the NWOB team guys actually got different entrance music. I'm not really sure. We should research that because that's a good point because I hear it and I'm like, it kind of makes it feel like these guys are not taken seriously as part of the game. Yeah, exactly. So why have them? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, on to the match. A nice tornado laid out face muster by Buff Bagwell. I've always felt that the things that Buff did, he did well. He wasn't like extravagant. He wasn't like anything to stand out. He was very simplistic, but the things he did were, were really well executed. I love how over the diamond cutter is at this point. Um, the reason I gave this match a C is primarily due to the fan engagement with nice tornado laid out face busters by Buff Bagwell. I've always felt that the things that he did were not too extravagant, but they were simple but effective. Kind of like Bret Hart, but just not as good as Bret Hart, obviously, because he's great. Um, I love how over the diamond cutter is. All right? <laughs> the diamond cutter is. Uh, I gave the match a C. And the reason why is the fan interaction with the diamond cutter hand jester. It just it's so exciting to see where DDP was a year ago to where he is now. Yeah. And I'm just loving the story. I'm loving the direction. The match itself was okay. I love the build up to the diamond cutter. I love when he hit the diamond cutter, the ovation he got. But then the NWO stuff happened and he ran out and I was like, okay. So overall I gave the match a C. I also gave the match a C. Uh, I really like Bagwell uh, playing the coward heel. It's good stuff. Um, I prefer, uh, with the NWO, I prefer the cowardly heels, like Hogan and Bagwell, where they're just they're just like such sniveling little shits. I, I prefer them to like Hall, Nash, and Six, where they're the cool heels. And it's like, as a heel, it's hard to... Like, how, how can you be mad at those guys? They're just so fucking cool. Where Hogan <laughs> and Bagwell, you're like, you're like, no, you guys are fucking dicks. Like, just wrestle already. Where the other three are just kind of cool. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I love the many ways DDP can hit that diamond cutter. Um, after he hits it, some of the NWOB team come down. Uh, not to their shitty entrance music, though. Thank God. Hey, Dave. Thank God. Uh, and then DDP escapes, and the ref just calls for the bell because, you know, I guess you don't even have to put your hands on the guy. <laughs> I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, I don't know. Solid work by both guys. Uh, I gave the match a C. I don't know if I said that. You the did. Next, the next match is for the U.S. title. We got Chris Jericho facing Eddie Guerrero. Eddie's the champ, and he retains the belt by pinfall at 12 minutes and 2 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? Oh, geez. So when I saw this match, I was extremely excited to see it uh, actually happen as opposed to just looking at the match list. I was so excited. But for some reason, I could not figure out why there were so many timing and miscommunication issues. Yeah, that was weird, eh? I don't understand what happened because I know these two, from watching the Dark Side of the Ring special of Benoit, Jericho spoke a lot about his time working with Guerrero and Benoit in in Japan. And they show clips. And they, they were so crisp and they were so fluid. But then this match happened and I'm like, wait, what happened here? Like, it just, it felt like there was zero chemistry. Um, there was a lot of nice, you know, back and forth. 
but I found that the slip-ups and the mistiming was very blatant and very obvious to the point that it distracted me. And then Jericho hits an accordion rack. And I'm like, this is awkward. <laughs> Considering we have a guy named Lex Luger <laughs> that has a finisher called the torture rack. And you're basically doing it. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know. But then he drops it into a, a rack drop. And I was like, oh, that was actually kind of cool. Um, but for future reference, Nikki Bella might have a neck problem that comes up with that move. So maybe don't do it again. <laughs> um, overall, though, I hate to say this because of the individuals involved, but I gave the match a B. I was just not feeling it at all. Wow. Ben? I could have said it much better than Dave did. Like, I thought I was a dud. Really? And I mean, I saw the names. I'm like, oh, okay, we're going to get some. uh, We're going to get. We're not going to have buff. We're going to get the stuff with this match. (laughs) And um, I was really looking forward to a great arm bar by Jericho. (laughs) I was looking forward to. All right, all right. I'm going to be serious for a minute. Um, The Saskatoon toehold. I was looking forward to that. I get that reference. <laughs> Captain America. <laughs> I enjoyed parts of the match, but not all of it overall. Uh, and yeah, I, did, I just didn't write much down because, I mean, for Eddie Guerrero and Chris Jericho matches that they've had so far up to this point, I had a lot of stuff to say, but this one I'm just like, yeah, not really. So, I mean, I don't. I'm glad Dave uh, kind of said it because I was going to feel bad about saying this too. But yeah, I also gave the match a D as well. I just I wasn't feeling it. I gave the match a B. Uh, I thought someone it was a wants little... some Twitter followers. Sorry, it says someone wants a follow from Chris Jericho on Twitter. That's right. Hey, <laughs> when you get when you get a follow from Le Champion, you've made it, my friend. You've made it. I but thought... just to, but uh, Jess, if I could just intervene just for one second there. When uh, Dave mentioned their matches they've had in Japan, like I've seen a lot of those matches in Japan, and they were just bang on, bang on, like just go, 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 go. And those matches were fantastic. And then you see them here, which really wasn't that much longer after. It's just like, what? Have you two never met or something? So maybe that played into my favor because I've never seen their work in Japan. So seeing, seeing, and I've said this many times, I grade on a curve within the pay-per-view. So this match compared to the previous matches, I thought was the best so far. Uh, yeah, they had some problems at the beginning of the match, but I thought they got their shit together in the middle. What, what confused me was how quiet the crowd was. That blew my mind. Yeah. Um, uh, did you guys notice the graphic at the beginning said for the TV title? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I did. Fucking WCW just can't, still just can't get out of their fucking way. They're kicking and, the shit out of WWF at this time, and they still can't get shit right. Don't get too excited, though, Jesse, because I saw a photo last week shared that showed uh, Davy Boy Smith and Jim Neidhart coming out at a WCW event, and they spelled Neidhart completely wrong. So <laughs> yeah, they do. It doesn't change. <laughs> Uh, that powerbomb by Eddie onto Chris Jericho Ooh. was badass, man. How about that snap rainbow Yeah, exactly. Uh, I also loved the finish with Eddie reversing out of a powerbomb and then hitting a tilt-the-whirl sunset flip to, to pin him. Like, I thought that was you, really cool. Did you uh, see how Guru, like, vaulted him up himself in the air? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, just thought, I thought it was good work by, uh, by both guys. I gave it a beat. 
So that brings us to our sixth match of the night. It's a triangle match. It was supposed to be a four corners match for the number one contender ship for the tag team titles, but the Steiners were injured in a car accident caused by Hall and Nash, according to the uh, the announcers. So we had. Why aren't they arrested? Sorry. Why aren't they arrested? Uh, because wrestlers don't get arrested for things. Uh, so we had the Faces of Fear facing Public Enemy and Harlem Heat. Uh, so we're going to have the triangle match anyways, which I don't understand. Like, why not just still have it for the number one contenders? Like, that just tells me that they wanted the Steiners to win the number one contender match, and they didn't know what to do after they wrote them off. Do you they're think like, they planned that? They're like, oh, fuck. Well, <laughs> shit. Um... Well, we're still going to have the match. We just won't give them a shot. Oh, okay. That's good. That's good. Then why have the fucking match? Ugh. Uh, Public Enemy wins by pinfall because they weren't going to win the, the number one contendership, so you may as well give them a win at 7 minutes and 43 seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? Who's ready for a clusterfuck? <laughs> me, me, me. Because <laughs> that's what this was to me. To me, the best part to watch overall was Booker T. Like his side kicks, his spin kicks, axe kicks, his spinneroonies. Like he was spot on and had great execution. Everything he did, I found. Mm-hmm. Um, Public Enemy standing next to Megan Barbarian is kind of laughable to me. Cause, okay, look, you got Megan Barbarian standing face to face with Public Enemy in a bar fight. You got 20 bucks to bet. Who's it being bet on? Uh, Bald yeah, Rock exactly. Rock, buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, it wasn't a horrible match. It wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. But other than Booker T, there's really not much for me to note on. Um, I, I gave the match a C. Dave. Okay, so I knew going in not to expect technical wrestling here. Like, that's just – don't expect that with Public Enemy, Face of Fear, or Harlem Heat. However – Barbarian impressed me in this match the most with his pure natural strength. Yeah. Um, he super belly bellies, plexes, I believe it was Booker off the top rope. That was nice. And I was like, and he did it safely. Mm-hmm. That's where I was like, okay, you can see who Barbarian respects and who he doesn't respect by how he works with you. Um, I, I, oh man, I love the back body drop into a powerbomb double team finish that the face of fear used. Mm-hmm. It just looks so pretty. Uh, the fact that Barbarian caught Rocco Rock from flipping Sentoff's top rope is crazy to me. Yes. Uh, this has been... Yeah. Like, like <laughs> he's done this a couple times where you're just like, holy crap, his strength is amazing. Like, you just... You hear about Bulldog, you hear about Lesnar, Cena, but you don't hear about Barbarian strength enough in his power. Yeah. We have to make that a mission on this podcast to change that. Hashtag barbarian strength. No, barbarian power. Barbarian power. Hashtag barbarian power, my friends. Let's get him barbarian power. I gave the match a C all because of barbarian's work. I also did enjoy Booker T's work as well. Uh, I gave the match a D, and that's because I was bored by it. I was bored. A lot of my problem with it, like Barbarian was was insane with his with his power displays. But my problem with it was so the Steiners are out of the match and now you don't make it for the number one contendership. Why? 
Like, why? Yeah, three other teams that could just as well go for the titles. Yeah, exactly. So you feed public enemy to the outsiders. Okay, whatever. But, like, you... That's laughable, too, by the way. By by doing... By the Steiners being out of the match and then taking away the number one contender's stipulation, you've demeaned the three other the three other teams, in my opinion. Like, I'm like, oh, these guys aren't worth a, a contender spot. They're not worth to even try to fight for one. So I was like, oh, okay, there's nothing on the line here. Okay, we're just having a match just to have a match. Okay, I and I just sat there and I was like, oh, okay, this is boring. Uh, the finish was Barbarian catches Rocco Rock coming off the top uh, after his diving set on. And then Johnny Grunge... Uh, then dives, does a diving crossbody off the top while Barbarian is holding Rock, and then Rock pins Barbarian to win. Interesting finish. Boring match. Our next match, all oh, this fucking thing. Steve Mongo McMichael <laughs> facing Jeff Jarrett. My god, fucking McMichael is brutal. Jarrett by, <laughs> wins by pinball at 8 minutes and 12 seconds. Dave, give me your thoughts on the shit fucking shit. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna go do some reversing here. I'm gonna do the score first, and then tell you why, because this was terrible. Uh, I gave it a D. Um, That's generous. I love how Jarrett no sells two vicious chop blocks. Yeah, like chop blocking is illegal in the NFL for a reason. Yeah, and um, it's, you, and it's part of McMichael's like like. Signature moves, air quote. So you probably should sell the fucking things. It should be his finish, to be honest. Because it's the most believable from him. And he hits two beautiful-looking ones, and Jared rolls out the ring and starts walking. <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> so that drove me mental. Um, first, first time I've ever seen a front bump from a clothesline. Mick, so Mick Jared hit Jeff Jarrett hits uh, McMichael with a clothesline front on his chest, and McMichael sells with a front bump. Yep. Which is a face first bump. And I'm like, how? <laughs> how? You should introduce them to uh, Paul Roman and Jim Powers. I was just going to say, Jim Powers kicking someone in the gut and then selling himself is nothing. <laughs> that is nothing compared to what we just witnessed. To getting clothesline in the front and then face bumping. So what's that? Reverse gravity? I don't know. Like it would have made sense if you got the clothesline and b- bounce off the ropes and did a Ric Flair type bump. That would have been okay with me. But the fact that you get a clothesline to your chest and you front bump it. Oh god, this match. I, I understand they probably fed him to Jarrett because they felt Jarrett was a veteran that could make him look <laughs> good. But this match made them look good. Like Nobody can make Steve McMichael look good. Oh, God. This match was bad. Oh, don't watch it. Just don't watch anything with McMichael. I'm going to predict the future for you. Don't watch anything. Ben, what were your thoughts? D double O N double O T W double A T C H T H double O I S. What's that spell? Do not watch it. Okay. I'm like, I actually don't know. You went too fast. I couldn't keep up. I was like, do do about you, about that. <laughs> what spelling? What? Oh shit! I didn't, I didn't go to school. Yeah, for that. shit. Um, the best part of the match is Deborah no look throwing the briefcase over her head to Jared. That's how I felt watching this match with with my paper notes. <laughs> I was Just like, throw oh, him over the head. Well done. 
Hi, Quinnett. I gave the match an F. I gave it a freaking big plain zero. I also... I forgot there was more than lower than 22.5. Damn it. <laughs> I gave this match an F for fuck this match. Um, to me, Steve McMichael, I fucking, ha- I fucking hate him. He's so bad. But it just shows how fucking bad Hoovy was in that match that he got my tool tonight. <laughs> like, because Steve McMichael... Good job, Hoovy! Steve McMichael, <laughs> like Dave said, did a face bump off a clothesline. And the clothesline was delivered to his front. It's not like it was delivered to the back of his head. No, 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 no. It was delivered to his front. I don't even know how the fuck he did that. He's like, he's like, like if I was Jared, he's like Ric Flair. Sorry, Ric Flair does face bumps. I could do the fucking same thing. Watch this. Fuck. If I was Jared, I would have walked out of the match at that oh, point. Fuck, just garbage. Uh, so Deborah uh, was kind of playing both sides. She they they made it sound like she had wanted a clean fight. But then when McMichael goes for the briefcase, Deborah doesn't let him get it. Then she tosses it into the into the ring uh, blindly. Jarrett picks it up, smacks McMichael with it, gets the win. So now Jarrett's in the the horseman. And in typical like WCW's like now are there five or there are only four horsemen? Who's out? And I'm just like, why wouldn't we say this before? I don't know. Fuck this match. Um, our next match is a San Francisco death match between Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit. Benoit wins by pinfall at 8 minutes and 35 seconds. Like Ben said, this is the first appearance of Jacqueline. Ben, give me your thoughts. Okay, I'm going to make you a soundbite to put in our intro. She kicked him in the <laughs> thing! I guarantee it! <laughs> I'm going to find you a soundbite yep, for that. It'll, it'll go, it'll... <laughs> Our outro will have like all these different sound bites. It'll be amazing, and they're all going to be dusty. <laughs> <laughs> um, this was a fantastic and entertaining start with everything just coming off the hinges, with with all four of them just digging into each other. Really like that. The crowd loved it too. Mm-hmm. There's at least we're getting some crowd reception with this now. Uh, like I said, line of the night. She kicked him in the thing. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, I like how he says, I guarantee it. Yeah, we saw it, Dusty. Like, well, we guarantee it too, because we watched the same thing you just <laughs> saw. Um, the commentary was fun in this match, I found. Um, kind of like we've seen this, though, already. Because we have from, I think, the last pay-per-view or at least two or two pay-per-views before. I think it was, was it Starcade? Mm-hmm. Where they had their their no their no falls I'm count anywhere. Go back match here. It wasn't sold out. Bear with me here. Starcade. Was it no, like Halloween? No, Starcade was Benoit and Jarrett. Uh, oh, um, sorry. Just going back in my notes here. Uh, it it oh, was no, not you know it was I not World it's War Three. Or is it the Bash? I think it was a bash to beach because it involved them fighting with the, the beach props. Uh, yeah. No, the America, Great American Bash, I mean. Go back. Oh. I'm all the way back to Fall Brawl, Jericho Benoit. Nope. All right. Hog Wild. It wasn't outdoors, was it? Nope, that's Steve Malenko and Benoit. Nope. Whoa, go way back in these notes here. Um... I want to say it was Great American Bash. 
Yep. Yeah, Great American Bash. Ben's right. Chris Benoit against, and he was known as the Taskmaster back then. Falls count anywhere match. But yeah, like I said, we've seen this already. Yep. With the way the match went. Um, entertaining, though, overall. I really liked it. Um, Sullivan still can't sell. Um, but at least when he's, you know, chopped, he doesn't fall forward. <laughs> Gotta give him that. He's trying. <laughs> Listen, Steve McMichael is trying something new. Do you not? Does that not apply to him? No. No. Okay. No, no, no. The luchadors <laughs> were trying something new. Mongo's <laughs> trying nothing that works, or trying stuff that doesn't work. Um, that spot though with the table near the end, it really wasn't that devastating to warrant the post-match drama. And because of that, I gave it a C. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, what do you got, Dave? I thought it was actually very entertaining. I first went, well, sorry, I shouldn't say at first when I saw who was in it because I've noticed a trend that any match that Chris Benoit is in, they will not say his name in the caption or the title of the match. So ah. that's what I, so whenever I see, it, like for this one, it said San Francisco death match. It didn't say who was in it. So whenever I see that, I know it's been a while match now. Oh, I didn't, I didn't even know that. <laughs> Yeah, it's something I found on the network via my uh, computer. It might be different on the mobile stuff. So I was very entertained right from the get-go because what they did differently with this match, I thought, was involving the women. Sorry, involving the woman and Jack. <laughs> uh... Yeah, can you be specific, please? <laughs> and that is not in no like way of like distracting Jacqueline, just to play off her name, yeah. woman. So that way people will say, oh, is Dave saying she's a man? No, that's not what I'm saying. That's exactly um, what he's saying. Hit him up on Twitter. <laughs> Let him know. No. <laughs> um, I was entertained. I thought the spots that they were doing with the women fighting and then strategically attacking the the men as well, like that running rope clothesline, yeah. which, I, which, which I thought was really funny. Um, when women low-blowed uh, Kevin Sullivan with the rope. That was pretty good. Yeah, like, it was a lot of it was a lot of the same, but there was also the involvement of the women made it more exciting for me because it showed like, hey, this might actually lead to like a tag team match down the line that could be pretty entertaining as well. And then the vicious table spot that didn't benefit anyone physically, like the table didn't break, so poor Jacqueline took all of it. Mm. <laughs> like, and it also hurt Benoit as well because he definitely got the win knock out of him. And it was just a it was a good finish with not a good execution, which I don't think was anyone's fault personally because the table didn't break. But overall, I'll give the match a C. I also gave this match a C. I thought it was a wild and crazy match. I was confused though. Because right at the beginning they start they start giving the strapping Jacqueline and woman together. And I'm just like, why are they doing that? And the announcers aren't telling me. And I'm like, why are the women being strapped together? And then, like, I kind of, like, put two and two together. I'm like, oh, they must be interfering in each other's matches or something. In this way, they, they'll prevent the other one from interfering is what my guess was. But then they, they're in the ring and they're fighting. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is this a tag team match? Why aren't the guys strapped together? And I was like, I, I, don't, know, I don't know what the fuck's going on. And then the women are fighting, and then fucking Shivani says, like, the only way this match can win is if, if the men pit each other. And I was like, so are the women a part of the match or not? Like, why would you <laughs> even have to say that? 
So because of that confusion, uh, I would have given it a B, but I gave it a C because like I couldn't wrap my head around what the fuck they were doing. But it was entertaining. Uh, you expect WCW to give you explanation? Listen, WWF has their fucking problems too with their goddamn shit. <laughs> Jesse. Jesse. I, need, I need continuity. Maybe. I need to understand why the fuck you're doing something. Well, at least with the final four main event match, they actually explained the That's rules. That's all you have to do. That's all you have to do. Explain to me why the girls are being strapped together. Explain to me why they're still allowed to fight in the ring. You, if you just tell me that, say they're being strapped together so they don't interfere in the match, uh, but it is a no DQ, so anything can happen. I'd be like, oh, okay. And then they start fighting, and I'd say, oh, it's a no DQ. They're crazy. I get it. They didn't say shit. They didn't tell me anything. Fucking drove me baddies. Yes, they did. They told you that he kicked. she kicked him in the, in the thing. thing. I guarantee oh, it. Oh, God. Uh, so yeah, uh, but it was a wild and crazy match. Uh, Benoit hit a diving headbutt onto Sullivan and Jacqueline, who got on top of Sullivan to protect him, and the table didn't fucking break. <laughs> That's a good woman, right Jesus there. Jesus Christ! Uh, and it, yeah, the whole thing with the stretchers. I was like, come on, what are we doing here? Yeah, that's where I was just like, okay, no, this is losing marks. Uh, that brings us to the tag team title match. We got the Outsiders facing the Giants. That's right, one man. It's a one-on-two match for the tag titles because Luger is hurt and not cleared to wrestle. So the Giants is just going to fight them himself. And out of everybody in that locker room, I think he's the only one that could do that. The Outsiders are the champions going in. And the Giant and a surprise entrant win by pinfall or, or submission at 8 minutes and 53 seconds. Dave, what were your thoughts? <laughs> I was confused in this match like you were the previous one. <laughs> So they say he's unable, he's not medically cleared to compete, but then he ends up winning the titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> and you know what? Then I read, I read a synopsis of the pre, uh, the next night's Nitro. They they stripped the titles from him. Yeah, and I'm just, and but... I'm just like, fuck. What is like? Stop booking shit that you're gonna turn around and take back. Like this, this is a problem with the NWO story. I understand that the head guy is the is the heel. But to constantly be fucking the wrestlers like this, like, if that was real life, they'd just fucking quit the company. They'd be like, this is stupid. We're leaving. It, oh, I just hate that shit. <laughs> um, seeing Scott Hall being tossed as if he's a cruiserweight by a giant was scary. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I keep forgetting how strong the giant really is, and he keeps reminding me every match. Giant hits a nice drop kick. Take notes, yeah, Paul. Yes. <laughs> he hits a nice drop kick, followed, f- followed by a beautiful sell by Nasty outside of the yeah. ring. Yeah. Uh, and then Hall slips on a bulldog from the turnbuckle and turns it into a diving flatliner. Oh, That's yeah, new. yeah. He tried to he tried then, to adjust. I give him credit for that, but yeah, it didn't look great. And I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm like, okay, it's because he slipped. That's the only reason why it went b- bad. But I think we've only seen him hit it effectively once so yeah. far. Yeah. I can't remember who it was against. Steiners. It was uh, Steiners. Steiners, okay, yeah, ironically. And then Lex Luger comes out in street clothes with no shirt but wearing a flannel vest, but it looks Fuck, like. That's my style today, boys. 
was like, I, I was his, inspired by Flexi Lexi. And I was so confused because because <laughs> the move that's, that Luger hits uses a foreign object. Yes, he's got a cast on. And I'm just like, what the <laughs> He hits both with the foreign object. The rest like, eh, I hate the NBA, so I'll What's let it go. He's got a steel plate in his arm from WWF, right? Yeah. So technically, he's had it the whole time. And then he goes and racks Kevin Nash, which I will say is very impressive. Yes. And they win the title. And I'm like, you know, WCW, we have no control of your superstars. You just told me he's not medically clear to be. <laughs> but I just watched him come in, hit two of your competitors with the foreign object. Um, Giant was in the ring the entire time, so there's no count out. Like, they have no control, Jesse. No control, Ben. I don't know what's going on with WCW. But I gave the match a C because I was entertained. I think, as of right now, this is Nash's best performance in WCW. I would agree with that. Um, I also gave the match a C. Nash powerbombed the Giant. Oh, yes. Yeah, sorry, I didn't oh, mention that. Holy but yeah. fuck. Nash, holy fuck. At first, at first, I was like, is this the one where he drops him on his neck? I was like, wait, that was a Nitro, I believe. So oh, that was sold out. Uh, the was it sold out? Oh, okay. My God. That was nice. Protected him, which he won't protect him in a year, but he protected him here. Uh, and you know what? The Giant looked good in this match. He looked like a credible threat being only one on two. And I like how the heels let them let the Giant beat them up and, and put over that the Giant could actually win these titles. Uh, and then, yeah, Luger comes down, throws Bischoff aside. He don't need his shit. Uh, comes down in his flannel shirt without uh, with an open... Uh, which I'm rocking today because, you know, Flexi Lexi, he's a he's my hero. Um, he racks Nash, and then the ref calls for the bell. But then the giant chokeslams Scott Hall and makes the ref count three. Did you guys see that? Yep. Yes. And so, like, I got a bunch of scribbles here. I'm like, oh, Luger Giant with my pinfall. Scribble, scribble, submission. Scribble, scribble, pinfall. Scribble, submission. I'm not really sure <laughs> because I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> they won by spin, submit right. fall. Uh, I gave them out to see. Fuck this Luger over, though. The crowd popped huge as soon as he came in. It's just madness. Madness. Which brings us to the main event. Uh, old versus older. We got WCW. <laughs> we got the WCW title on the line. Hollywood Hogan versus Roddy Piper. <laughs> Hogan's the champ going in, and he retains by pinfall at 11 minutes and 32 seconds. Ben, what were your thoughts? Well, I just want to make one thought. Um, I gave the Outsiders versus Giant match a D. Oh, I didn't even ask you. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's go back to that. Yeah, good caught. Mr. Continuity. Continuity. Oh, Mr. Fuck. Continuity was I'm, not caught. Had no I apologize <laughs> profusely, Ben. That is completely my bad. I, I'm sitting here. I'm like, did Ben give his review? <laughs> I thought he did. Obviously, he didn't. Ben, what was your review of the tag title match? No, you know what? You guys honestly didn't say anything about that match that I didn't write down. <laughs> I'm really sorry, Ben. That that's a that's a that's a that's a poor man move. That's a Mongo McMichael face bump on a clothesline move. That by me. Motherfuck. <laughs> Just one one thing I'll say, Luger's like 20 seconds in that match was probably the best work he's ever done in WCW. 
Because he didn't blow up yet. <laughs> yes. Like, he he racked Luger, or he racked, um, he racked Hall and Nash. He didn't screw anything up. So it's like, okay, so you have to put a cast on his arm. You have to put him in street clothes, and you have to take him out of 90% of the match for him to be good. And he only yelled once. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so uh, old, old, older versus yes. oldest. Uh, hold on, get that uh, note out here. Okay. My thoughts are, can we please see a main event involving Hogan that doesn't make me want to bash my face into a table? No. No, we're not allowed. We're not allowed nice things, Ben. You know this. This match sucked. Couldn't wait till it was over. Like, it was horrible to watch. It was hard to watch. Like, it was freaking awful. And the Alcatraz crap was weird and hokey, too. Mm-hmm. And I haven't gotten to the finish. Um, that made me ne- nearly take a hammer to my phone watching that. Like, uh, my, bo- my boy's in this, but like I said to Jesse uh, earlier on in uh, our group chat that we have on uh, WhatsApp, um, the mega powers were mega awful. In yep, this. they sure were. They sure were. Uh, I gave this match a big freaking F. There you go. There you go. And Macho almost got tool Whoa. tonight. Whoa. Almost. Whoa. Uh, but your love of him I'm a, I'm a fair your, love of, your love Macho's of him saved, your man. love of him saved, saved him. Also, Hoovy. Hoovy helped. Uh, okay, Dave, what were your thoughts? Oh, goodness. Okay, so the whole Alcatraz thing made no sense to me because I'm like, okay, psychologically, mentally, physically, how the hell would this benefit him in a match? Mm-hmm. Oh, it doesn't. Okay. And then he comes out with his torn up shirt. And I'm like, okay, so now you're coming out sleep deprived, uh, food deprived, water deprived. <laughs> you should be dead. <laughs> and you don't look like you are ready to wrestle because it looks like you already fought someone in the backstage. And you're, ready, and you're going for the, the, the biggest title in the company against a fresh man. Yeah, that, that sounds like a great pattern there, Roddy. Or, or fought somebody in a soup <laughs> kitchen. Right from the get-go, I was like, I am predicting heavy NWO involvement, and I was not wrong. Um, this match proves my point, though. I've always said, uh, contrary to most wrestler, wrestling fan opinions and outlooks and perspectives, that WWE and WWE championships are nothing more than props. And this match proved it. This match was not for the title. It was for an NWO storyline. Mm. Like, they could have had this match as a non-title again, and it still would not have changed the outcome or made me care about it any more than I didn't already. Um, it just, oh my goodness, the NWO stuff is getting very old. Very fast. And I can see why they lose in the long run, because right from now to when they die, I'm just like, I'm fed up already. I'm done with the NWO. I'm done with it. I was done with the NWO. It sold out, okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, I gave the match a D. Uh, like I said in the group chat, can we have a Hogan match? Oh, sorry, the highest match point value I've given to Hogan and WCW is 0.25 so far. Ds. Every single time. Uh, yeah. my, and, and my boy, Ultimate Wire, is getting A's. He's not wrestling anywhere no more. <laughs> We can't judge him no more. Um, I also gave the match a D. Now, before I go into the finish and everything, now, 
if WCW, when Piper beats Hogan at Starcade, if they would have made that for the title, Piper beats Hogan clean, right? Piper's got all the momentum going into Starcade. The fans are clamoring to see him win. You give him the title for, what is it, three months. Then it gets to Super Brawl. You have the rematch against Hollywood Hogan. Piper again, just like the finish here, he puts Hogan to sleep. But then when the ref checks, Savage comes down and does his shenanigans, which he did here, where he pulls Hogan's feet underneath the ropes, causing the ref to restart the match. Savage gives Hogan the, the knucks. Hogan punches Piper, hits the leg draw, or pins him, gets the title back. Would that not make Savage's heel turn much more impactful if they would have done it that way? Yes, but we got this so, crap. That's what drove me insane about this match because they they had an opportunity to make the Savage heel turn a big fucking deal of him joining the NWO and have Hogan winning back the belt, but instead Hogan still had the belt and it just like it just felt like what the fuck are we doing here? Sting and Savage coming down at the top of the ramp and then Sting fucks off but then he comes back and then he fucks off again. I'm just like, I thought they were supposed to be like a team of badasses and Sting's like, no, you go do this. I'm going to take off and go for a burger or something. Like, what the fuck is... <laughs> oh my god. He comes back out and like, hey, yo, I are... dude, I ordered your burger. What? Oh, okay. You're just Jesse, what okay. If... I'll just take your burger home with me. Yeah. <laughs> what, if... what if Sting left and came back because he had to go use the washroom? Maybe. Maybe. I just... I don't <laughs> fuck. It doesn't make any sense. I gave the match a D. Um, to me, but what was with that finish? The, the finish was wonky. Like I don't know how you could book it to be better. I'm not sure. Um, to me, Piper looked worse than Hogan in this match. Um, he actually looked like he was in fucking Alcatraz for a week and couldn't do anything. He he went for like double leg takedowns and shit and like fell before hitting Hogan's legs, and I was just like, what the fuck is going on here? Oh, my God. Um, yeah, I gave the match a D. Not good. Uh, the big thing with Hogan in the NWO is the stories were good-ish. They're starting to get redundant now, but last year, like in 96, it was fresh. It was like, this is fucking cool, but his work ethic in the or his work rate in the ring has not been great. I think part of the problem is is that they're Hogan and Bischoff are putting him against are, are booking matches against old guys where they really should be doing matches against young guys that could bump and sell for Hogan and make him look better. Like Goldberg? Yeah, like that Goldberg Hogan match in in is it later this year? No, it's next year. It's it's in ninety eight. Ninety eight. But that was a good match on Nitro. So I don't well. know. Did you guys catch the commentary team hyping up WWE saying that this is where all the new generation stars Did they are going to be? Say that during the main event, and they say that during the main. Oh, event. this is this is this is like this is like the WWF in your house where they're like <laughs> where they're like again. This is the new generation, and it was fucking Jerry Lawler against Jerry Roddy Lawler Piper. and Piper. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you guys, Jesus Christ! All oh, right, God. Dave. Give us the breakdown. Your workhorse, the tool, the score. I will give you my workhorse and my tool and my score. Um, (laughs) 
My, my workhorse I gave to Barbarian. Okay. I I loved his power, and I like I said, we gotta get him trending because he deserves it. Uh, my tool I gave to Humanu Guerrera because I feel if I gave it to anyone else, it would be terribly counterproductive. Although after what happened in the main event, I think Ben should give you the tool of the night for what you did it, to him. It was a, it was a Michael face bump after a front clothesline, <laughs> my friends. I apologize again. <laughs> Like, uh, overall score, I gave 4 out of 10 because the matches that I really enjoyed got high mark. That's basically the reason why I got a score. And that's, you know, that's me saying a high score because I could have got at least a 2 to 2, you know, 2 to 3. Uh, ben. Um, my tool was Hoobitude for obvious reasons. Uh, my score was actually 3.5 oh. out of 10. And you're, you might think I'm crazy for saying this, but my workhorse was actually You're La fucking Parca. crazy, Ben. <laughs> uh, I I really enjoyed Laparka's work in, in this pay-per-view. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, you can give it to Malenko, but Laparka just actually surprised me. There you go. He's the chairman. He's the chairman. I mean... His stuff, like that spot he did with Super Callow, I was like, wow, that was pretty sick. And I mean, that's one of the things that really stuck out to me in the pay-per-view. And I thought he was just really good. I thought he was pretty badass in the match. So, yeah, I gave it to him. Uh, my tool tonight was Juventud Guerrera making it a clean sweep. Uh, I thought, especially with him, the way he, uh, air quote, ran the ropes was extremely disrespectful to everybody that was in that match. I was just like... Like, I don't know if he was getting his shit from the other guys, and he's like, fuck this, I ain't going to do this anymore. And and to, to miss a, a 450 as badly as, his, as he did, like, just brutal. My workhorse I gave to Eddie Guerrero. I really liked his work in the U.S. title match. Uh, didn't like his work so much in the Cruiserweight title match, but, you know, what are you going to do? I gave the pay-per-view a 4 out of 10. Uh, that's four times as good as uh, sold out if, if, for those for those keeping score. <laughs> <laughs> you gave it uh, one out of ten. No, one and a half. Sorry. So it would be it'd be like Whoa. three and a half times as good. Fuck. Jesus. Um, so that's been our episode for this week. Next week we're gonna be reviewing WCW Uncensored 1997. <laughs> don't 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 act too disappointed, guys. Don't don't you know? Um the um busy next monday <laughs> no you're not you got nowhere to go i'm playing lego avengers on ps4 um okay the main event is team nwo versus team wcw versus team piper oh for fuck's sakes and who's what? in that team, team piper? piper he gets his own goddamn team isn't he part of wcw uh, <laughs> i don't know okay who, who the hell's in uh, that i i didn't check the members <laughs> Can you can you look that I, up? I please? cannot. No, no. But you probably could. Jay, look it up. <laughs> I can't use my phone. Gosh. We're, we're we're held in suspense. Yes, then sorry. We'll, we'll all find out next Monday. It's not good suspense. <laughs> Have a good week, everybody. Stay safe.
little bit of the bubbly.